John the Baptist will be great because he's going to call the entire nation to repentance, contrition, new paths of righteousness, and anticipation of the visitation of the Lord. Now the illusion is made once again. Galilee of the Gentiles confirming that the one that John the Baptist is announcing comes from David's line in fulfillment of Abraham's promise that in him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Today on the Song Time broadcast, we continue our study looking at the story of John the Baptist in this prophecy and song of Zechariah. D.A. Carson will point out that the calling in Zechariah's life and his ministry, as well as his son, John the Baptist, is the same calling for us as well to point others to Jesus. Stay tuned for that message, but first, we'll continue our conversation with Bob Lapine talking about the varied emotions of this holiday season. The many voices come together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. For years, especially early on in my ministry, I came into the Christmas season with a, a spirit of joy and gladness, but one that was a little bit unaware of my surroundings. Over the years of, of doing ministry and counseling and working with people, I've realized that there are many around me who are suffering, who are sorrowing, who are broken and sad during this season. Many of them who have lost loved ones, many of them who are struggling through strife in their family. And there are so many challenges in the world in which we're living that uh, it's hard to, to even imagine for them how anyone could have joy and happiness during this season when their world is falling apart. Now, they put on a good face. They can be hard to spot, especially when they try to fit in with all of the others who are putting on a mask of joy and happiness. But when all of us are projecting joy and feeling sadness inside, what we're doing is missing an opportunity to truly minister to others and show our vulnerable side to others as well. We're joined by Bob Lapine again today. He's the author of a book called The Four Emotions of Christmas, which is initially written to be a witnessing tool for you and those around you to share the gospel, as well as invite them to come to a Christmas service this weekend. But Bob, I'm really encouraged or touched by this chapter that you have on the issue of sadness. It is an emotion that is often overlooked in this holiday season, and yet it is very present in many of those that we love. Well, and, and these emotions all overlap. They're not in silos. Mm -hmm. So when we have, when we're stressed out and we have unmet expectations, we shouldn't be surprised that there will be some level of sadness, <clears throat> excuse me, some level of sadness in what our experience is. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's real for a lot of people. Plus, a lot of people head into this particular season full of memories from the past. But this year, some of those important people who were a part of the past aren't with them, or their their life circumstances have changed, or uh, family structures. They're they're alienated from somebody who they used to be close to. So th there can be a lot of cause for lament, for sadness, for sorrow during the Christmas season. And it takes us by surprise because all we're hearing around us is joy to the world. And we're thinking, I remember when Christmas was magical and now it's not. And, and that's where, again, I think we have to uh, be intentional and alert and be on guard against how, how sadness can can play into all of this for us. And ultimately, we have to know how to counsel our own soul 
in the midst of sadness and how to point our hearts in the right direction. And uh, I think of David in Psalm 42 when he was downcast. Why is my soul downcast? And he was counseling his own soul on what to do. Put your hope in God. Uh, that's where you'll find relief for the sadness that you're experiencing. And so I'm, I'm hoping that people who are experiencing sadness during the holiday season will get, get their hearts pointed in the right direction and find there is joy even in the midst of sadness. We do grieve, but we don't grieve as those without hope, right? So mm. hopefully uh, in hearing the gospel, they can find the source of real joy in the midst of the sorrow they're experiencing. We started doing the uh, grief share program, the surviving the holidays in our church a few years ago, because there was such a, a growing need for realizing the people that are going into this season with a great burden of sorrow. And I had no clue how to even have a conversation with somebody who had lost somebody. When you approach them with this joyful experience, when they're going through the shadows of of death, it's it's really overwhelming emotions. It's probably why a lot of people don't want to go to that Christmas program because they can't be around all of that excitement and joy and singing and gladness when their pain is so real and heavy. Yeah, and and I think we have to uh, we have to be wise to take our own emotional temperature, and again, you might have to to bow out. I would say to folks who are experiencing grief and sadness, this is where the the power and the importance of relationship and community is so significant. If you are alienated, if you're isolated during the Christmas season, if you're not with other people, uh, you will experience some of that sense of isolation and and the sadness that comes with it. Uh, I encourage people in the book. Uh, if, if that's a part of your reality, find things you can volunteer for, <clears throat> excuse me, during the Christmas season, find things you can volunteer for where you can get in and serve others and you will find joy in serving others during the season. Hmm. What advice do you have for our listeners who maybe know somebody or maybe they hadn't, it's not, they haven't thought actually through who might be going through sadness during the Christmas season what they, should they be looking for in others to to make that observation and maybe even give them a copy of this book that yeah. can help them at least bridge that road to the conversation? Well, I, I think you need to think about the people around you. Think What, what do you know about their lives and mm-hmm. what could be sources of sadness for them in the holiday season? So we have a friend in our neighborhood who um, uh, 10 years ago, she lost her husband. You have to believe that every Christmas season, there is sadness sprinkled in because she had many years of joyful holiday celebrations with her husband at her side. Now she's heading into the holidays without him. And and just us knowing that puts us on alert to say, okay, how can we be a friend to her? How can we love her? How can we serve her? How can we care for her and, and bring some joy to her during this season? We all know people who, whether it's job-related stress or issues with the children or loss and grief, uh, relationships that are hard. And, and I would say this, as you have conversations with people during the Christmas season, it's an easy question to ask to say to somebody who you might be having lunch with, is Christmas a hard season for you? Uh, I know for a lot of people it is. Is it something you struggle? Do you struggle with any kind of sadness during Christmas? And just see what kind of response you get. And if you're talking to somebody who doesn't go to church regularly, maybe they're not a believer and they open up to you, it never hurts at the end of that to say, would you mind, could I pray for you just right now? Just 
pray a short prayer for what you're going through. Take a minute and pray for them. And then I I know friends, people in our congregation who are keeping copies of the four emotions of Christmas in their purse or in their glove compartment, just so they have a handy reference and say, I've got a book I'd like to give you. This mm. might help you during the season. Um, that's my hope. In fact, I love the fact that the publisher of the book is making these books available to churches. When you buy a, a quantity of the books, you can buy them for a dollar fifty, two dollars a book, so that they're designed to be gospel giveaways. Mm-hmm. We, we've said to people, we want Christmas to be a super spreader event, uh, and and so this is a tool to try to help make it a super spreader event, right? We've been talking with Bob Lapine, the author of The Four Emotions of Christmas, an excellent resource and one that I would highly recommend if you have someone in your life that you know is going through a hard time. Why not give them a book that could be a, an opportunity to break the ice, could be an opportunity to show them that you love, that you notice them, that you care for them, and also a way of inviting them into your home, into your inner, inner circle and particularly inviting them to church. Bob's book, The Four Emotions of Christmas, is an excellent resource for everyone in your life. Uh, I, I can tell you this without a doubt, that everyone in your life is struggling, and this book touches on those emotions that we're very afraid to bring up with other people. A resource for everyone in your life. Again, a book that you need to have, you need to read, but you ought to share with somebody else as well. Find out more information about Bob Lapine in his book, The Four Emotions of Christmas, by giving us a call, 508-362-7070. That's 508-362-7070. One of the ways that you can be a great witness during this Christmas season is by looking out for those people that might be going through some hardships, might be going through some difficult times. And quite honestly, that's just about everybody. And what you can do for them is just provide for them a a little note, a a little word of encouragement, bring them a cup of coffee, or even better, buy them a prime rib sandwich. And that would certainly brighten their day. Uh, I mean, that is a gift that is guaranteed to be a hit and a success. And in fact, it's something that you can do to be an encouragement to us here at Songtime. Because what do we say? Songtime runs on prime rib sandwich and prayers, and obviously your contributions, your donations. So make a contribution. You could be a huge encouragement to me today by sending in your donation to the Prime Rib Sandwich Fund when you write to Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You know what? Don't forget to include us on your Christmas shopping list and a prime rib sandwich. Quite honestly, if I could ship them out to you, I would have. <laughs> I would have made it an offer here at Songtime a long time ago. I don't know how well they would last in the mail. But uh, next time you're on Cape Cod, look me up and we'll go to get a prime rib sandwich together. If you have been blessed, let us know. Give us a call, 508-362-7070, or head over to our website at songtime.com, where you can make a safe and secure donation online. Well, today we're continuing our Advent series. It's counting down the hours now at this point for Christmas. As you consider the the opportunity that we have to, to know Christ and to make Christ known to others, when we are reassured in the stories of Christmas and the prophecies of the Old Testament, all leading up to this, this one point, the culmination of, of God breaking into humanity, the Christ who is born, 
That light that we have been given ought to shine in our countenance in such a way that others ask us about the hope that we have in Christ. Here is D.A. Carson with a closer look at the story of Zechariah, his song, John the Baptist and his ministry, and our calling to be witnesses to the Redeemer. Because of a promise God gave to Abraham 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years before Jesus, in this covenant that from his seed would come one who would bless all the nations with salvation from their bitterest enemies. And although Zechariah no doubt did not anticipate everything that would happen to the Lord Jesus, not at this juncture, he has enough of a grasp of Scripture to see that these streams are coming together through Scripture down into the focal point in history, and his son is going to announce it. Again, there's no mention of John the Baptist. There's still only an announcement of what John the Baptist will announce. And that brings us then to the third section of this hymn, this poem anticipation from the ministry of John the Baptist himself. Now, of course, that really started back in the words of the angel to Zechariah when Zechariah was in the temple. Do you recall? One thirteen and following, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. Okay, that's the personal dimension. Your frustration at being childless will be taken away. But it's more than that. Many will rejoice because of his birth. Well, why? Just because they're sort of sharing in the family happiness? Well, I'm sure that's a part of it. You get some of that taking place at the naming ceremony. There's some familial over-rejoicing, isn't there? But it's more than that. Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He would belong to the Nazarite system of vows and discipline. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Many of the people of Israel will, bring, will, will he bring back to the Lord their God. That is, he's going to have the function of calling people back to repentance and faith within the covenant community of Israel. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That's a reference to the prophecy of Malachi, which anticipates before the visitation of God, there will be someone who comes along in the heritage of Elijah. John the Baptist will be like that. Why? To turn the hearts of their parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John the Baptist will be great because he's going to call the entire nation to repentance, contrition, new paths of righteousness in anticipation of the visitation of the Lord. And so now we find here, similarly, John the Baptist introduced. 76, and you, my child. At last, Zechariah is in this circumcision naming ceremony addressing the boy himself. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Well, those of you who know your Bibles, immediately you have to think of how John the Baptist preached. How does Luke record these things? In chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 1. It's worth reading some of this chapter. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God 
came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Do you see? Exactly has been ordained of him. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, now quoting Isaiah 40, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. That's a way of signaling repentance. Instead of the rough places of life, now it's becoming a smooth path because of repentance and faith. The crooked roads will become straight, the rough way smooth, and all people will see not John's salvation, but God's salvation. And then the working out of how this transpires in the lives of different social classes follows in the next verses. Then verses 78 and 79. He will do all of this because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. That was another Old Testament phraseology to talk about um, the anticipated coming of the Messiah, the rising sun, not S-O-N, S-U-N, picturing everything in darkness, and the sun rises and begins to shed light. And that language is also drawn from Isaiah, Isaiah 9. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living by the sea, the sun rises upon them and sheds light. Jesus himself quotes those words in Matthew's gospel at the onset of his own ministry. Now the allusion is made once again. Galilee of the Gentiles confirming that the one that John the Baptist is announcing comes from David's line in fulfillment of Abraham's promise that in him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. You know what? I was just thinking about this. Uh, I, I was telling my, my family was asking me what I wanted for Christmas. And quite honestly, I couldn't think of a single thing on my shopping list. Um, uh, you know, the, with the finances of everyone right now and, and what's going on today, I, I can't even think about shopping for myself. I can't even process that mindset. But you know what I should have told them? Buy me a prime rib sandwich. I mean, that's something I enjoy every single week. And it's something small. It's something that uh, they could really be a blessing to me. I mean, I should have thought of that before. But you know what? It's not too late. If you have been blessed by the Songtime Ministry, you could support the work that we're doing here and with a simple donation, a prime rib sandwich that would help keep this broadcast on the air uh, for the days ahead. Every Thursday, I go to this little shop up in uh, Yarmouth Port, right off of 6A, and um, they, they know who I am at this point. They see me coming, and they always have my prime rib sandwich ready for me. Um, I got to tell you, it is a really great you know, reminder. It's probably the only lunch break I ever take during the week, uh, but it is definitely worth it. I drive about 20, 25 minutes. You know, with all the construction now in this season, I drive way more than that to go back and forth, but it is worth it. And if I'm willing to make all of those sacrifices, I'm willing to go through all of that struggle and challenge, it must be worth it. And uh, if you have been looking for an opportunity to give back to the ministry and you want to make a gift to Songtime, why not send in a donation for our Prime Rib Sandwich Fund? You can write to Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or you can give us a call, 508 362 7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com where you can make a safe and secure donation online. 
You know, as I think about the story of John the Baptist and Zechariah and what they are, uh, they are thinking about and, and, and praying about and what they are excited about, the opportunity, not that Zechariah's son would be the savior of the world, that's not what he's excited about. He's excited that his son would be the one to tell people that the savior of the world had come. That is the excitement that each and every one of us should have as well, that we are given the opportunity to point other people to Christ. That is a truly honorable position, an honorable gift. What is our motto here at Songtime? The many voices, the one message. And now you think about all the voices that we've had on the broadcast over the past year, all of the interviews, all of the speakers, and yet those are not the primary voices. You are. Because we have been pouring into you over the course of this year with great content, great teaching, great conversations, so that you would be filled and ready to give an answer to those around you. I want to encourage you to be a witness. Follow in the example of Zechariah. Follow in the example of John the Baptist. And declare that the Savior of the world has come. It's Christmas after all. And it's a season we ought to be projecting that message to everyone we cross paths with. I hope that this encourages you and blesses you. And if it has, I hope that you'll let us know because we want to be encouraged by your story as well. Again, write to us at Songtime Radio, PO Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508 362 7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com or you can look us up on social media. Don't forget to tune in again tomorrow. We'll wrap up our study here in the story of Zachariah, his song, and his hopes and dreams for his son John. Just as John the Baptist's greatness turns on the immediacy with which he pointed out who Jesus is, so your greatness, my greatness, turns on the immediacy with which we can point out who Jesus is. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <laughs>